I saw a meme this week. Uh, somebody said, I saw a black bird with a yellow head, and so I went, oh, I've never seen a bird like that before. I, and I looked it up to see what kind of a bird it was, and it turns out it's a yellow-headed black bird. <laughs> they said, I hate ornithologists. <laughs> because, the, the, and I mean, I... I, in part, love ornithologists for that reason. What kind of a bird is that? It's a bluebird. How about that one? That's a blackbird. That one, it's a sparrow. What kind of a sparrow is it? It's a white-crowned sparrow. <laughs> that, that we, dis- we identify the birds based on what they look like. And when you get to uh, plants, you know, it's a similar kind of thing. We, we identify plants by what they produce. What kind of a plant is that? It's a tomato plant. What kind of a tree is that? It's a plum tree. How can you tell the difference between a plum tree and a cherry tree? You wait, and when it produces something, it either produces plums or it produces cherries, right? Well, the, the reason that we, uh, I say that and point that out is because this is exactly the illustration that Jesus uses today. In, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, we're going to look at the illustration of Jesus when he talks about what things produce. And so let's look at that together. We're going to back up a little bit into uh, last week's text to set it up, and then we'll jump into this week's text. So, so uh, we'll start in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, and then we'll look at um, a little bit further down. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. This was, we talked last week about uh, this sin of speaking against the Holy Spirit, that is, refusing to acknowledge that which comes from the Holy Spirit as being from God, but rather calling it something else. And what was happening in this context is that they were calling the works of Jesus satanic. They said the the works that he's doing are from the devil, that they are demonic activity. And Jesus said, this is the great evidence that I am sent from God, and you are calling it demonic. When you refuse to acknowledge the work of God, you cannot be saved from your sin. That is the gravest sin. And then he goes on to say this. This is this week's passage, verse 33. Either, so let's just take by way of illustration, let's say you have a tree. Let's say you have a tree. You will know if that tree is good if it produces good fruit. And you'll know if that tree is bad if it produces bad fruit. Is this a good tree? Is it a bad tree? Well, we'll see. What does it produce? Does it produce cherries that I really like? Great, that's a good tree. Does it produce really wormy apples? Well, that's, that's not a very good tree. There's something wrong with that tree. Right? And that's the, what he's saying here. You can tell based on uh, what it produces what it is. So, if you can tell what it, what it is, what it is inside by what it produces, then here's what I have to say to you. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
He says, you, you have been speaking evil of the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what you're producing. Those are the words that are coming out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth comes from within. And so whatever is happening from within, that's what's going to come out. I have seen this in uh, my own plants and trees. Sometimes they do very well and they produce very well. And other times I neglect them. Did you know that you need to take care of the dirt? You have to take care of the dirt. I, I had uh, these planter boxes that uh, my grandmother gave me. I, I told her I really wanted to, to plant some uh, tomatoes and grow some tomatoes, and my, my grandmother gave me um, these boxes that I could plant tomatoes in. And they, they came, uh, they have a little well underneath where you fill it with water, and you put the dirt in on top, and then you put the nutrients over that uh, with a little cloth, and then you plant the seeds, and they grow up. And the first year, oh my goodness, did they produce good tomatoes. I mean, those plants did really well. And the next year, they produced mediocre tomatoes. And the year after that, it was, they were really pathetic tomatoes. And the year after that, they were like producing nothing. They were these scraggly, wrinkly little plants. And I was going, what in the world is going on with these plants? And so I called up my grandmother and she said, did you use the same dirt four years in a row? You're not giving the plants any nutrients. They are not healthy plants. And health, unhealthy plants cannot produce good fruit. We are the same way. We're the same way. When we are not healthy, when our inside is not healthy, I'm not talking about if you are physically healthy, I'm talking about if your inside is not healthy, you are not going to be producing good fruit. That's just how it is. And if you want to know what's going on inside you, if you want to know are you healthy inside or are you not healthy inside, you can look. But if I get sickly little things, I go, oh, that plant is not doing well. That, that's not a healthy plant. It's not producing well. And we can evaluate, too, because this is what he says. He says, uh, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can see what's going on inside you. In fact, he goes on, verse 35, to say, The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. Isn't that an interesting way of describing that? Out of his evil treasure, he produces evil. That thing that you're, you have inside you, that you're holding on, that you're protecting... Right? That, that's the, the stuff that's going on in here. When it comes out, it is either good or it is bad. It either glorifies God or it is evil. And so if I want to evaluate and I want to say, okay, how am I doing? Then I start thinking through, what have I been producing? What have I been producing? What has been coming out of my mouth as of late? What have I been cultivating within me, right? Because that's what I find is what I'm cultivating is what it produces. The, the things that I'm working on, the things that I'm spending my time on, the things that I'm ingesting, 
through my eyes and through my ears and through my experiences, those are the things that come out then from me. And the, the, the way that I take in those things then produces something in here and then it comes out. And what I see is that sometimes I go, I think I'm doing pretty well right now. And I can go back through the last week in my mind and I can think back through it and I can think, yeah, there were some moments there were some moments in which my speech was very helpful. My speech was uplifting. My speech was encouraging. And then there are other moments that I can look back through this last week and I can say, I hope that's not indicative of me. I hope that that fruit, that produce, I hope that that's not indicative of my heart. Do you have those moments? You're irritated? And so you let them know? You let them know. Sometimes I let them know when they can't hear me. I do that when I'm driving. <laughs> I'm very irritated with you. That's what it sounds like when I have kids in the car. <laughs> Does it change depending on who's listening? If they have their window rolled down and I have my window rolled down and they can hear me, is it going to change what comes out of my mouth? <laughs> if so, then I have to wonder about what's actually going on in here, right? Because otherwise, those unkind words, those harsh statements, those slanders, those lies that come out of my mouth indicate a state of unhealth within. They're, they're indicative of that. I wish that I could say that I didn't have an issue with this. I wish that I could say my speech all the time is pure and lovely, uplifting at all times. It's like a Christian music station, right? Positive and uplifting. But there are times when I am tired, and there are times when I am hungry, and there are times when I am angry or frustrated, and it doesn't come out in the way that I would like it to come out. And I find that in those times, I am not producing good fruit. And I find that there are times at which I don't have those excuses that I just named. I wish that I could say it was just when I was angry, only when I was tired, only when I was hungry. But it's not. There's something about our hearts that there is a depravity to it. There, there is a brokenness to it that it just is never perfectly pure. And it comes out in how we speak. In fact, James chapter 3 puts it this way. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. 
The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The tongue is this unruly thing that we try to master, but whatever is going on in here is going to come out from here. Whatever is going on in here is going to come out from here. Which means that if we want to know the state of our heart, we should see what is being produced. Pay attention to what is being produced. In fact, if you want to judge your own heart accurately, you can do this. You can tell what's going on in other people's hearts in the same way. You want to know what's going on in the lives of your kids? You can listen to their speech. You want to know what's going on in the life of your spouse? You can listen to their speech. You want to know what's going on in the life of your friends? You can listen to their speech. Now, I would warn you, be careful in the way in which you point that out. Be careful in the way in which you point that out. We want to have so much humility and gentleness I mean, that's how I want somebody to come to me. When they hear the ways that I use my words, I want for them to come to me and say, Travis, Travis, I, I think that we need to work on this. Did you know this is how you come across? Did you know this is how you sound when you speak like that? I think we need to work on this. And it's good and helpful to have people in your life that can say those things to you. This is the way in which, in fact, I feel that the community of Christ ought to use their words. Right? We ought to be the kinds of people that use our words to lift people up, to encourage one another, to comfort one another, to come alongside and bear one another's burdens. But in part, that will mean that we speak in ways that are difficult to hear. Helpful but difficult. I noticed you used your language like that, and I just want to come alongside you and say, we need to be careful about how we say those things. We need to be careful about how we, we say those things. And the reason that we should do that, both for ourselves and for one another, is because this is how we grow, right? If you want to play a musical instrument, you have to do practicing, right? But if you practice and you just play the same uh, instrument in the same way over and over again, you will not improve. It is listening to what the sound that is being produced and saying, okay, if this sounds like that, 
it means there's something wrong, right? So we have strings players in my house, several strings players in my house. Sometimes the sound is scratchy. What does that mean? Well, maybe it means that the bow is going this way instead of this way. A lot or a little. Maybe the tone is not quite right. Maybe the pitch is not quite right. We're listening to what's being produced. It's really close, but not quite there. In fact, uh, because we have several musicians in my house, you can often hear somebody say, can you hear what that sounds like? They're not meaning that in a harsh way. They're just saying, can you identify with your ear, can you hear with your ear that that doesn't sound quite right? That the note that you intend to be playing does not quite match the note that you played before it and something needs to be adjusted. We do the same thing in Christian community. We do the same thing in the family of God. Are you hearing what you're producing? It doesn't sound quite right. Are you hearing what you're producing? It doesn't sound quite right. And the more time we spend listening to the things that we are producing, the better we get at identifying them and then repenting of them. Right? Because the things that we should be using our mouths for is upbuilding and encouraging people to proclaim the goodness of God, to sing His praises, and to confess before God our sins, the things that are not as they should be within us. Jesus goes on here. In verse 35, he had said, The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Now he says in verse 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Uh-oh. Every careless word? Every time I jumped in too quickly, every time I saw something and said something and reacted and didn't see it correctly, every time that it just bloop, pops out, every hasty, every, every uh, quick word that jumps out of my mouth, I'm going to be judged for each and every one of those. Lord, I stand condemned. I have heard too many words come out of my mouth that I later regretted. At times, in situations that didn't really matter, it was unwholesome talk. It was words that shouldn't be used in polite company. At other times, I said harsh things to people that I love. Not in an upbuilding way, not in terms of gentleness or in, and with an attitude of wanting to help them, but just in my own frustration or anger or the evil that is in my own heart, it produced a shotgun blast. 
And here he says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. Everything you said too quickly. Every time you said something that you didn't pay attention to the context. I've come into a room, seen something, started yelling at kids, and then one kid goes, Dad, that, that's not what happened. What do you mean? I was defending you. Yeah, but you defended me all wrong, Dad. You missed completely. That's not what was happening here. We were playing a game. We'll let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> and then you have to come back, right? You have to come back and you have to repent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I, I jumped in too quickly. We have to be careful about the words that we use and how we use them because when we are using those words, it's indicating what's going on inside here. It's how we can identify what's going on inside by what we produce. But now I have a question for you. Because we're talking here about the context in which Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees about the words that they are using. Do you think that these Pharisees, these religious leaders, were using foul language? Do you think that they were being sarcastic and harsh and cruel? These religious leaders, do you think that that's what was going on? That when Jesus was saying to them, you need to watch the way that you speak, that they weren't thinking, I watch the way that I speak all the time. I am so careful, so measured, so gentle with the way that I use my words. I don't even know what you're talking about. What was he accusing them of? He was accusing them of speaking inappropriately to God. You see, when we think about the use of the tongue, the most the, the quickest thing that comes to mind is the way that we speak to other people. Have I been harsh with other people? Have I been saying words that I shouldn't say? Or have I been saying words to people that will intentionally hurt them just for the purpose of hurting them? But that's not the kind of speech that Jesus is referring to here. The speech that Jesus is referring to is, are your words glorifying God or are your words speaking against God? You see, I know people who are very careful with their words. I have friends and I have seen uh, some of my kids' teachers that are so gentle, so patient, so kind that I would look at that and I would say, this is a tree that produces good fruit. When I look at and listen to everything that they say, everything that they are doing, I can tell that they are intentionally using words with gentleness and compassion and grace at all times, always. This is a good tree. But here's the issue. The issue is that when I talk with them about Jesus, they will very gently say, I want nothing to do with him. I do not think that he is God incarnate. I do not believe that he is a savior. I do not believe that he is my savior. 
I want nothing to do with him. And when I say, well, what do you think of God? They say, if there is God, I don't think it matters. And they will gently, respectfully, and graciously blaspheme the name of God by denying his existence or their need for him in their life. You see, we very easily and quickly go to, oh, I said things I shouldn't have said in the way that we speak about people who are present uh, before us or about people who are not here that we would have spoken differently if they had been here. But what is happening in this context is the speech that is being used is classifying the Messiah of God, the chosen one of God who, has, who was sent to be the Savior of the world. They are classifying him as a demoniac working under the power of the prince of demons. And Jesus says, how can anything good come for you? When your heart is so evil like that, when you are refusing to identify the work of God that is present before you, how can you do that? I tell you, verse 36, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, this is verse 37, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. How will you be justified by, by your words? Will it be that the fruit that you produce is all good all the time and therefore you will be justified by your words? No. No, though you may have the Spirit of God at work within you and though you may in general have health, there are going to be words that spoken carelessly, carelessly, spoken carelessly or quickly or hurriedly. We say those are words that we should not have, I should not have used. We cannot be justified by producing good fruit all the time, always. So here are the words by which we will be justified. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, What does it say? That the word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. You see, when we recognize that the fruit that comes out is not good fruit, and then we say, oh no, that means there is disease within the tree... When we say our fruit, our produce is not good, oh no, that means there is disease within me, then what we must do is confess that sin to the Lord and identify that Jesus has died on our behalf. He has taken the punishment for our sin so that we might be saved. We believe, we confess that. I believe that Jesus 
God in the flesh has died on my behalf so that I might be saved. This is a, a thing that we have opportunity to do, to do every time we recognize that our fruit is not good. We then again confess and believe. And then what happens is that the tree is made good, right? The, the temptation is to say, oh no, I'm producing bad fruit. I must produce good fruit so that I will be a good tree. If I had gone to those tomato plants in year four and gone, hey, tomato plants, start producing good tomatoes so that you can be a good tomato plant. That tomato plant would have gone, what do you want from me? I'm sickly and pathetic and poorly nourished. I cannot produce good fruit. Try as I might, much as I very much in my inner being, as I was designed to be, want to produce good fruit, I cannot. The same thing is true for us. We cannot. We cannot produce good fruit. We cannot change the way that we are by producing different fruit. Okay, I'll just have to be more guarded with my words. I'll just have to be more careful with how I speak. It's not going to happen. What has to happen is that the Word of God has to transform us and recreate us into a brand new tree, into a brand new being. We are new creations in Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That the Word of God that spoke into existence in creation, all things, takes on flesh so that he can redeem us and turn us into new creations, so that those of us who are evil, that's all of us, in our inner beings can be recreated and our hearts transformed so that we can be new creations with new produce. Because those of us who have been recreated have the Holy Spirit within us that helps us to identify the sin within, to repent of that, and to produce new fruit. That is the hope that we have. Otherwise, this would be a very sad sermon. It would be, hey, how you doing? How, what's coming out of your mouth? How are you producing? And you'd probably, if you're like most people, you'd go, it's not so great. Wish it was better. Work harder on that. Have a nice day. But instead, what we get to do is we get to confess our words to God and we get to say, God, I know that I have sinned before you and before other people. Would you forgive me of my sin? And we get to be recreated into something new that begins to produce more fruit. My hope and my prayer for you today is that as you go out from this place, you will watch and pay attention and say, okay, am I producing the kind of fruit that I want to be producing? Am I producing the kind of fruit that glorifies and honors God in all things? Did you know that's what you were made to do? You were made to do that. You were made to glorify God in all things. He created all things and called it good, and we now get to proclaim as well, yes, it is good, it is very good. And that all that we do can do that, produces that. And when it doesn't, when in our actions or in our words we do not produce that kind of good fruit, 
then we say, okay, Lord, would you forgive me? And would you transform my heart so that I might produce good fruit like you? Let's pray. Father, we do need your work in our lives. We thank you that though we are unable to transform our own hearts, it is not beyond your ability. That whatever we have said or whatever we have done, you can redeem it. And so, Lord, we ask for that today. We ask that you would cause us to be the kind of people that uplift others and glorify you in every word and deed, whether spoken hastily or deliberately, that the character of our hearts would match that of Jesus and our fruit would look like his. And we ask for this in his name, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.